0: Thank you for listening to the Coal Mine Podcast. This is David Cole from Dallas, Texas, and today I'm going to two places. The first is the Benedictine Monastery in Covington, Louisiana. There, the 38 monks of St. Joseph's Abbey help cover their expenses by making, of all things, funeral caskets and they're still in business, even though Louisiana regulators tried to shut them down to protect the monopoly of Louisiana funeral homes over the sale of caskets. The monks sued the Louisiana government, and they won in the U.S. Court of Appeals in 2013 based on the Constitution's protection of economic activity that requires regulation by the government to have a rational basis. We've talked about that in some earlier podcasts. The second place I'm going to visit is Austin, Texas, where last year a semi-retired veterinarian tried to treat pets using telemedicine, looking at pets online, talking to their owners about their medical problems. The Texas regulators of veterinary medicine told him to stop doing that. He litigated and he lost before the same court, which found that Texas did have a rational reason to restrict what he did. From these two cases, we draw some lessons about the Constitution's protection of economic activity, which is very much alive and well, but is at times a little unpredictable, given how little it takes to make a showing of a rational basis. First stop, the monks. For many years, the monks of St. Joseph's Abbey near New Orleans used the timber from the sprawling forest around the many acres of their monastery as a source of income. But after Hurricane Katrina severely damaged the forest, they began to look for other ways to make money. For many years, they had made some simple wooden caskets from the wood in the forest to bury their monks, and had gotten some public interest after two bishops were buried in abbey caskets during the 1990s. The monks decided, since they needed the money, to get more serious about casket making. They invested in tools and other necessities, and they began to sell two kinds of caskets to the public, online and in person at the monastery monastic for $1,500 and traditional $2,000. The monks were, to be blunt, too good at it. Their prices were significantly lower than what funeral home operators offered. This drew the attention of the unlikely named regulatory agency, the Louisiana State Board of Embalmers and Funeral Directors, who argued that under state law, sales of caskets intrastate within Louisiana to the public could only be made by a state-licensed funeral director and only at a state licensed funeral facility. In other words, any prospective casket retailer would have to become a licensed funeral home, which has all sorts of expensive requirements and takes a lot of time to set up. Recall from earlier podcasts, I talked about the Lochner case from way back when, around the turn of the 19th to 20th century, and how it was replaced in the 1930s with what's called rational basis review. The Constitution still protects economic regulation, but it is very forgiving of the state's power there. And as rephrased in the case about the monks, the Fifth Circuit summarized the current test as saying, the regulation has to be of such a character as to preclude the assumption that it rests upon some rational basis within the knowledge and experience of the legislator. There were two rationales given in the Monk's case by the Louisiana regulators, the embalmers and funeral home directors. The first was consumer protection. The board said the law had a rational relationship to protecting consumers because it, in their words, restricts Predatory sales practices by third party sellers and protects consumers from purchasing a casket that is not suitable for the given burial space. The court said, okay, fair enough, that's a legitimate reason, but it's not one that has anything to do with this law. The required education to become a qualified embalmer and funeral director doesn't have anything to do with whether or not a casket is appropriate for a particular burial space. And in terms of a record of fraud, we're talking about monks. Catholic monks in a monastery, they're not committing fraud. There was no record of that. There was no belief that these monks were engaged in any kind of fraudulent activity. So that didn't work. Second rationale, public health and safety. Here the court said we find no relationship between public health and limiting who can sell these items. Why? Because relevant Louisiana laws don't require a casket for burial at all. In fact, they don't require burial at all. Needless to say, they also don't require anything about their construction or design. They don't require that a casket be handled in any particular way involving a burial, and they don't deal with casket handling as part of the training of a licensed funeral director. So, again, it sounds pretty good, but you look at the laws that are actually on the books in Louisiana, and they don't say anything about public health and caskets. So in sum, in the words of the Fifth Circuit, they found a lack of a rational basis. Here is how they explained it. The principle we protect from the hand of the state today protects an equally vital core principle, the taking of wealth and handing it to others when it comes not as economic protectionism in service of the public, but as economic protection of the rulemaker's interests. Here are the funeral home directors. The court went on, nor do we doom state regulation of casket sales. We insist only that Louisiana's regulation not be irrational, the outermost limits of due process and equal protection. The monks went back to the casket-making business. I looked online the other day. They still have the two lines. They're still moving along. They seem to be making enough money to make ends meet in their casket-making. Move forward several years to Austin. We have the veterinarian, Hines v. Quillivan is the case, who decided late last year, 2020, from the same court, the U.S. Court of Appeals from the Fifth Circuit. You have a semi-retired veterinarian. He didn't want to have a practice in his office anymore. He worked out of his home. and He attracted a significant online following, talking to people about their pets and examining them to give them advice on how to take better care of them and deal with various ailments. The Texas State Board of Veterinary Medical Examiners ordered him to stop, and it cited Texas regulations that expressly do not allow telemedicine in the veterinary context. He said, equal protection. My rights are being violated because I am being treated differently from doctors who treat people. In his words, equal protection for the state's choice to allow doctors who treat humans to engage in telemedicine, but not doctors who treat animals. The Fifth Circuit, applying the same standard of rational basis that was at issue in the Monk's case, heard the case and divided two to one. The majority accepted the state's explanation which was, in a nutshell, that people can talk about their medical conditions, but animals can't, which means there's a greater risk in examining an animal with telemedicine that you're going to miss something than if you're examining a person. The court concluded, and I quote from its language at the end of the majority opinion, it is not irrational for a state to change in stages its licensing laws to adapt to our new technology-based economy. If the Texas legislature finds the recently enacted changes in telemedicine successful, it may decide to expand those changes to include veterinarians. It is reasonable to have a trial period rather than make a hasty policy change. A dissent said, well, I get it that there's a distinction between humans and animals, that humans can talk and animals can't, but what about infants? They can't talk, but they can be treated by telemedicine, and we trust their parents to explain their problems to the treating physician. Why can't the owner of a pet do the same thing? She observed, it simply is not rational to allow telemedicine without a physical examination for babies, but deny the same form of telemedicine for puppies on the ground that puppies cannot speak. The lesson, the outer limit of the Constitution, as the court said in the Monk's case, is the protection of economic liberty. That's very much alive and well. The standard is well known. It's not litigated very often because it's hard to prove. The courts are willing to find that regulations lack an economic foundation, a rational basis. Coloring the analysis in the monks' case was the fact that it was clearly benefiting the regulators. There was a clear benefit to the funeral homes of keeping the monks out of the business. That may have been the dispositive factor. But a case like the veterinarian one shows that there can be some very close calls, and the degree of deference is going to be very high when there are agencies that are acting within their field of expertise and don't appear to be motivated by self-interest. Today on Coal Mind, we looked at the outer limits of the Constitution's protection, its protection of economic liberty, and we compared two recent cases from the U.S. Court of Appeals from the Fifth Circuit. A regulation of casket-making by monks failed for lack of any rational purpose other than protecting the business of funeral home directors, while a regulation of telemedicine by veterinarians succeeded, barely, two-to-one majority, because the court accepted the Texas regulator's distinction between remote examination of humans, including babies who are unable to speak, and that of animals. The outer limit's very much alive, but it's highly deferential to the state. Meanwhile, in upcoming episodes of Coal Mind, I'll be looking at economic regulation in new contexts, how the Biden presidency is implementing its new policies and aggressively seeking to re-regulate some areas of the economy the Trump administration rolled back the regulation of, and with particular emphasis on electricity and power after the problems of the Texas electric grid in February of 2021 during the cold snap that they suffered during that period of time. I appreciate you listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again soon.